Welcome to the Word of Life Tabernacle Podcast, where we know one word from God can change your life today. From wherever you are listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Welcome again, members, partners, and covenant friends. What a joy it is to bring to you the Word of God. I trust that you're taking full advantage of all the messages, uh, even if you're having problems streaming uh, at any time after these messages are preached, always remember you can go to YouTube and there's a collection of all the messages that have been live streaming. Praise God. Just type in Word of Life Tabernacle. So I've been preaching the messages that I felt that the Lord was giving me this relative to right now based off of this day and time and the worldwide pandemic and all the different changes that we've seen in our lives, in our home, throughout society, in restaurants, sports, politics. It has touched every area of our life. And so I believe this message is going to be relative to everyone. Uh, and it'll be a blessing to you and will strengthen and help you. I want to teach a message called the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of God. The fact that God is Faithful, the faithfulness of God. Wow. I, I, I was just thinking about that. The faithfulness. God is faithful. Faithful to what? Well, he's faithful to his word. You know, faithful means reliable, dependable, certain, praise God. We can rely on God. We can trust God. He is faithful. Faith, the more I said that faithful, I thought about Faithful, and then I turn around backwards, full of faith. Faithful. If you're full of something, God is full of faith. So, amen, his word is full of faith. So anything God says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And he's faithful to you and I. He's full of faith. And if you listen to God and listen to his word, then that faith that is in his word will get in you. You can get full of the word or full of faith because faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So with that said, I want you to look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we're going to look at one verse of scripture, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, a very pregnant scripture uh, in the Amplified Version, but we're going to look at it in the King James first. Verse 13 says this, there has no temptation. Now, when the Bible talks about temptation, it's not talking about just uh, lust. It's not talking about uh, lust sin. Uh, that does not exclude it, but the word temptation means trial or test. In other words, a better render is there has no pressure. That's what a temptation is. Any physical sense pressure what is pressure on your eyes or pressure on your flesh i mean uh pressure that's coming from a bill has nothing to do with lust pressure that's coming from pain that's in your body you know the word says that you are healed but you are under pressure because of the symptoms in your body and so that there's a physical sense pressure james put it this way every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust there again that word lust don't mean just sex in it means pressure you're tempted, drawn away from what? The word of God that says you're healed. See, the Bible commands us to walk in love. You've ever had, so, had someone do something to hurt your feelings or cuss you out or do something to offend you? Well, then you, you are being tempted. Tempted for what? To be drawn away from the law of love. 
So when we talk about temptation, I want you to know it's talking about spirit, soul, body, finances, any area of temptation. So we're going to read it that way. There has no trial, test, or temptation taken you, but such as common to man. That means ordinary. But God is what? God is faithful. I like that. Praise God. The faithfulness of God. And will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted, tried, tested above that you are able, but with the temptation, with the trial. The minute that uh, 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 pressure comes, financial pressure, marital pressure, pressure uh, uh, from a bill or pressure uh, for that's, there's lack and there's a need. Whatever the temptation is, you, you should know with that temptation, God brings something with it. It says with that temptation, hallelujah, also who will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it or to overcome it. So that lets me know the minute any type of trial or test come. What, what did we learn there? Well, we learned that first of all, that Satan is bound to that which is only common to man. The Bible says no temptation can take you, but such as common and ordinary to man. That means Satan cannot reach out in some heavenly fear sphere and bring some type of trial or pressure on you that is not just ordinary. In other words, some supernatural temptation that is above resistance. That means that what is finances, what is in your marriage, what is on your job, any type of pressure, the Bible says, is common demand. In other words, somebody else have already gone through that, experienced it, and overcame it. And so you can too, even though sometimes we might feel pressured. And that's what this epidemic and all the financial uh, breakdown and, and downfall and, and, you know, stores being closed and jobs being lost and unemployment up and all of this, you know, the, the, the coronavirus and, and everyone is want to get a mask and oxygen chains tanks and we see in deaths all of these things are trials and tests we are being tried we're in the middle of trials and tests but that lets me know it's only common to man in other words you might feel like you're being pushed above measure but we just read there no temptation has taken us but such as ordinary in other words someone else has gone through that someone else has felt that in no one else Jesus we'll look at that he was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. And he didn't give up. That means everything that we experience, every type of pressure. What is, uh, you know, being at home, not being able to get out and go to a restaurant. What is being at home, not being at working from your home with your kids, kids out of school, financial pressure. What is your 401k pressure because your finances are looking low. What it is because you've been out of work or you're a job owner and, and, and you're wondering about payroll. How you, whatever type of pressure that this pandemic has caused, that Bible says is only common to man. Now, sometimes we feel like we're being pushed out of measure, but that lets me know if, if the Bible says it's only common and it says God is faithful. That's what we're talking about, the faithfulness of God. He knew, praise God, what was going to happen before it ever came. But he has bound Satan to that which is common. And the Bible says God is faithful and with that temptation will make a way of escape that you may be able to overcome it or, or, or come out victorious. So that lets me know that regardless of the pressure, if you're at home, whatever type of pressure, financial pressure, marital pressure, whether it's pressure about your job, whether it's pressure about, uh, uh, you know, foreclosure on, on a home, whether it's pressure in your body, you feel that you've contracted some type of virus or what, whatever. The Bible says it's common to man with it. 
God is faithful. That means faithful to make a way. Mean there is a way out. Satan cannot trap you. So if I know God is faithful with that temptation, the minute it come, hallelujah, knowing that scripture, I can do what James said. I can begin to count it all joy did when I fall into different trials and temptations, knowing this, that the trying of the faith, work at patience, let patience have a perfect work. You'll come out perfect and entire, wanting nothing. In other words, because I know God is faithful, that means I might not know the way, can't even see the way, but I'm going to start praising God that there is a way out, hallelujah, that I can go through this. Amen. It's just kind of like Moses when he was at the Red Sea and there's the Egyptian army behind him. And he's got, the, the, uh, uh, he's got the, the Red Sea before him and all the people have said, you let us out here to die. It's kind of like he's in a vice grip. Pressure. What you going to do? What you going to do? Well, the, based off of this, God is faithful. There's pressure on Moses. There's pressure on the children of Israel. But the way was already made. God knew he was going to split the Red Sea. Your way is already made. Your ram is already in the bush. God has already got provision waiting on you. But it's your attitude when you get to that pressure point. And instead of Moses caving in, praise God, he lifted up of his rod and he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And when he did... Thank God God made a way out of nowhere and the children of Israel went across on dry ground. I want you to know God is still making a way. Even in the midst of this worldwide pandemic, even in the midst of pressure, God is faithful. Thank God the faithfulness of God that with that temptation, whatever pressure you're feeling, praise God, hallelujah. Satan cannot sustain an attack against you because the Bible says anything you can see or feel is only temporary and subject to change but the word of God is eternal and not subject to change. So we need to not freak out when pressure comes. Hallelujah. I, I'm not saying that there's not financial pressure. I'm not saying, I'm saying that it, you can't be pushed above measure. Someone said, well, what are you saying? God allowed it. It ain't nothing matter about God allowing the devil. Look, look, Satan has access to you. To your mind and your thinking, praise God. God has bound him to that which is coming and has given us the weapons of our warfare, the name of Jesus, the blood of the lamb, the word of God, the full arm of God, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, feet shot with the preparation of gospel peace. It said, you resist the devil and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. So Satan has legal right, but he's bound to only that which is common. He cannot come with some temptation beyond human resist, uh, uh, resistance. Matter of fact, the Amplified, wow, this is so heavy and deep, begins to break down what I'm teaching you right now. The Amplified Bible says, for no temptation, see, no trial. Well, I feel like I got financial pressure. Well, I, I, I've been having symptoms of, of this virus, and that's pressure then, that's pressure, hallelujah. Amen. Well, I, I'm down or behind on my car payment or rent or what. My, my business is, just, uh, hey, that's pressure. But notice it said no temptation, no trial. Regarding as, as enticing as it, or uh, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you so that it is not common. I like this word ordinary. And you're not the only one feeling pressure. It's just common to man. The Bible says, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials that try you does some strange thing happen. God has already bound Satan to that which is common and ordinary to man. That is, no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond, I like this, 
human resistance, praise God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the temptation to quit. Resist the symptoms of sickness and disease and coronavirus. Hallelujah. God is it's bound to that which has come. And the Bible says with our weapons we can resist it. It's not above human resistance. That is, that is, it is not adjusted or adapted or belonging or that is not belonging to the human experience. Someone has experienced the same thing, hallelujah, that you're experiencing right now, such as man that can bear. But God is, what? Faithful. God is faithful. Say that at home right now. God is faithful. You need to look at someone else if you're watching with your husband, wife, or kids. Say, God is faithful. Say, we're serving a faithful God. Faithful to what? He's faithful to his word. Glory be to God. My covenant, I'll not break. I knew the trial was going to come. I knew the pandemic was going to come. I'm faithful. Hallelujah. To his word and to his compassionate nature. And he can be trusted. Hallelujah. You can't trust everybody. You can't trust certain administrations. You can't trust men. You can't trust politics. You can't trust a lot of people, but you can trust God. The Bible says he can be trusted not to let you be tempted or tried or shade beyond your ability, strength, resistance, and power to endure. But with the temptation, see, that's the problem. A lot of people don't want to go through nothing. Well, I'm telling you, before you, you had the problem, God already had the solution. He said, with the shortage, with the pandemic, with the coronavirus, with the, uh, 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 the, the note about foreclosure, with, I, I've already, there's something came with it. The devil don't want you to know what came with it. He said, with the temptation, he will, not sometime, always provide a way out glory be to God I'm coming out of debt I'm coming out of sickness I'm coming out of whatever the devil think he got me trapped in the means of escape to a landing place not a crash there's a difference between landing and crashing hallelujah when you crash you lose your life he said a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently that means to come through it and come out of it patiently praise God there's a way out of every trial and test you say well I don't know the way brother did you don't know who I owe you don't know about my business you don't know that I'm an owner of a business my employees listen I don't care what it is God hallelujah has declared the end from the beginning there's nothing that is going to come upon us you got to know it that is not just ordinary hallelujah the Bible says that Satan, we are to resist the devil who walks about as a roaring lion. Resist him in the faith, knowing that the trying of your faith, praise God, uh, that, that the brethren of, in the world are being tried with the same trials and tests and overcoming it. It's only coming to man. Amen. That lets me know that God's grace is sufficient. I might feel like I'm at a breaking point, but if it's common to man, that means I can resist it. I can come through it, not only come through it, I can come out of it. Hallelujah. That's what God says here in his word. Amen. That is so powerful to me. Listen to this statement. God then is faithful in every trial and test to do what? Provide a way out. That's what we can glean from that. Because the Bible says Satan is bound to that which is common to man. Hallelujah. How are you listening to me? 
It's not a matter of God allowing the devil. He's just saying that I don't care what you bring, praise God. There are some people think God allowed the devil to tempt Job. God didn't have to lie. Satan had right to Job. Hallelujah. God was faithful to bless him with double. So we need to get rid of this thing about God allowing the devil. Satan has legal right until he's bound a thousand years and, and locked up in that pit. He's alive and well on the earth. And he, God don't have to give him permission. He is the devil. He's going to come against you. But the Bible says when he come, know that it's only something common and ordinary. And God, with every trial and test, not some of them. I don't know what you're going through in your home. Finances. Marriage, children, family, I don't know. If you're business owner, I don't know what pressure you're feeling. But I know this, God is faithful. God is faithful in every trial and test to provide a way out. Look at uh, Psalms 34, 19. You say, well, every time? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, because Satan is going to come against you. When the word is sown like I'm teaching now, Satan is going to come immediately for the word's sake. But the Bible says, praise God, when we hold on to the word of God, we are they that receive 100-fold because with patience we brought forth fruit. Many are the afflictions. Many are the trials of the righteous. That's you and I. But the Lord shall deliver him out of them all. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if it's in your finances. I don't know if it's in your body, some type of symptom of sickness and disease. I don't know if it's in your, uh, uh, your, your marriage. I don't know if it's a job situation, but whatever it is, God has promised with every trial until he deliver us out of them all. He's a God of deliverance, praise God. So, hey, you need to start rejoicing by faith. That's a word from the Lord right there. You might not even know the way, but I know there is a way. So as you begin to praise God and quit word and giving God the glory, your breakthrough come, hallelujah. Manifestation comes in your praise. When Paul and Silas had been beat and whipped and put in stocks and chains for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, it looked like there was no way out. But based off of this, with every trial and test, it wasn't beyond human resistance. And so instead of Paul and Silas getting into a pity party, when Paul said, if you pray, Silas said, I'll sing it. They begin to praise God. And the Bible says that the presence of God came in that place and it broke the chains. Hallelujah. It fell from them and the chains were loosed from them. They just, they didn't even know the way, but praise put them in the will of God. In all things, not for, give thanks for this is the will of God. Even if you don't know the way, you know it's God's will for you to start praising him that there is a way and his name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Praise God. And with every trial and test, God will bring you out. So praise always puts us in the will of God. It's always God's will for you to praise him. Not for it. But in it, why? He's made the way of escape, praise God. So many other fixes of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver him out of them all. And over the years, Satan many times felt like I was trapped in the ministry. What you going to do about the land? How you going to get the money? How you going to pay for this? What about the television equipment? Every step of the way, the devil, all he have is lies, lies, lies. But over the years, praise God, since 1974, God took me from a little room in the YMCA to a worldwide ministry. And I have made up my mind years ago, God is faithful. When the devil get the line, it's only because he see the way. He's trying to talk you out of it with fear, praise God. But if you begin to praise God, I want you to know, amen, manifestation will show up 
Every time God came in that prison, praise God. Somebody said Paul and Silas broke out of prison. No, God broke in because he inhabits the praises of his people. He'll come to wherever you are, even right there in your home right now. If you're sitting on the couch, start praising God and watch God make a way out of nowhere. Watch him change the atmosphere. That's what praise does because the devil, depression, sickness can't stay where the power and the presence of God is. Hallelujah. So it's about our attitude. You got to begin to know that. So what have we learned here from this scripture? Number one, we learned, praise God, that Satan is bound to that which is coming. That I don't care how pushed out of measure, how much stress, or how much I feel like that I'm, I'm being pushed over to the edge. Hallelujah. Holy, this is coming. Satan is bound. And I know there's a way out because God is faithful. See, that's the key. Now, now, if you don't believe and know that he's faithful, you're going to feel the pressure. But when you know God is faithful and with it has already made the way, then you begin to give him glory. Praise God. Amen. So Satan is bound to that which is common to man. And God is always faithful in every trial and test to provide a way. So if I understand that, hmm. He's bound to that which is coming to man. So Satan can't just come with something that is above human resistance. In other words, he can't push me over the edge, drive me crazy, make me lose my mind. Because, amen, I just read here God is faithful. So Hebrews chapter 4, let's look at this. Then that, 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 that connects this scripture and makes it even more powerful about Jesus. Because he's already been our forerunner. He's gone through every trial test, temptation, pressure that you and I will ever experience and he's done it as a man. That's why so many people don't get the revelation of Jesus Christ because they think he came down here and ministered as the son of God. No, he ministered as the son of man. God didn't sin, Adam sinned. And so Jesus came, praise God, and he was all God and yet he was all man, yet he emptied himself. The book of Philippians said he humbled himself and became a man. He took on a flesh and bone body just like you and I. And every trial, test, pressure that you and I would ever go through, he faced those same temptations as a man in his body and overcame them all to prove that you and I as born again men and women can overcome those trials. So look at this. This helps me didn't know how to deal with pressure and temptation. Hebrews chapter 4. Look at verse 14 through verse 16. Hebrews 4, verse 14 through verse 16. Verse 14 says this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or confession. We profess our faith, we confess our faith. Same word. Amen. Our confession of what? Of faith in him, faith in the word of God. He said, don't, hey, keep saying what God said, that I'm healed, that my needs are met, that I'm delivered. Let's hold fast our confession. Why? You're not just speaking into the air. We got a high priest. Now watch this. That is passed into the heaven. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in some points, many points, no, all points. That's what the devil wants to do. 
push you above your breaking point. But notice Satan was, I mean, the, the Jesus was tempted in all points by the devil, like as who we are yet without sin, yet without sin. So he had experienced financial pressure. Hallelujah. Stuff that we say about to drive me out of my mind. Now, that don't mean he had kids and he had kids driving crazy. He had, he had, uh, you know, he, he was tempted at all points. Let me, let me just throw this out. That means that you mean to tell me Jesus know what it is to be tempted to, to lust? Yep. 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 Probably that, 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 that woman who was, who was a, a, a prostitute uh, when she changed her life that was crying, touched him. I'm sure he might have felt something. He, in other words, he's relate, but he never sinned. He was tempted in all points. He know what it is to be rejected. There's nothing you can go through. He came into his own. His own received him. Not they rejected him. He know what it is to get weary and tired in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. It almost kills me. And he wanted to give up if it's any other way. Let this cup pass from me. Never let, oh, he was tempted to quit. So there's nothing that you can experience as a man. That Jesus haven't already experienced as a born again man. Not the son of God. The son of man. He wasn't the God side of him. It was the man side of him. Because that's why he got thirsty sometime at the well. The Bible says God never thirsts or hunger. Huh? The Bible, that's why it was called the Mount of Temptations in Luke chapter 4. And he was led up to be tempted of the devil. James 1 says God cannot be tempted. Well, who was that? Is the Bible? No, that was a man being tempted. So he relates. He's gone through everything as a high priest that you and I have gone through. And yet he overcame it. And so when you're under pressure, don't run from God. If this pandemic has put you under financial pressure, if it's put you on a, you know, pressure coming from your home or pressure because you think the symptoms of the virus is on you, know that Jesus has already gone through that, overcame it. So the next verse says, let us therefore, since he understands, since he's gone through pressure and been tempted like we are, come on, because we just read there's no temptation that's going to come such as common, it's ordinary, if no one else has gone through it, Jesus himself went through it. He can relate to you. So when you're under pressure, don't run from God. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. See, that pressure is to drive you away from God. It's drive you away from the church. When you're under pressure, when you feel like quitting, give up, don't run from God, run to him. Particularly even if you sin. If you missed it, there are probably some people that says they've been out of church, out of fellowship with God. Maybe they've gotten in a backslidden condition and the devil been talking to you. Well, look at you, you did this since you've been out of church. Y'all haven't been going and meeting in a sanctuary and you're loud dad and you've been looking at this. He's called the accuser of the brother. Well, repent, receive the blood of Jesus. God says your sins and iniquities, he remembered them no more and then run to God. You need strength, you need grace, you need his, his help. Hallelujah. Don't run from God, run to God. That's the mistake Adam made when he sinned in the garden. That's what the devil wants you to do. The Bible says he sinned and him and Eve, they went and found some leaves and tried to hide themselves. That's what sin does. It goes into guilt, sin, guilt, fear, then hiding. And God says, look, I love you. Hallelujah. Come boldly. You need my grace. You need my power. 
Why? I've already experienced that and overcame it. I can help you with that. Now, now this is powerful, too, from the Amplified. Let's, let's, let's look at this from the Amplified and break this down. In so much, then, that we have a great high priest. Now, I just want to say about the high priest, you got to remember, the high priest had to be someone who could empathize and sympathize with the people. That's why Jesus became a man. He had to be able to relate to you and I. If you've never had a baby and you're trying to tell a woman that has had a baby, you shouldn't be hollering and doing all that loud talking. It don't take all that. You need to have a baby. You can't relate to her. You ain't never had one. If, you, if your stomach and in your bones and every muscle been stretched out of joint before. So Jesus came and three and a half years ago experienced every type of pressure that you and I. Now we're talking about God being faithful. Hallelujah. So there's nothing that you can go through or can be going through at home that Jesus hadn't already experienced. In so much we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed to the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. He's my healer. He's my deliverer. God will get me the money. Hallelujah. My house will not foreclose in the name of Jesus. He makes a way out of no with every trial of test. Hold fast the confession of your faith in him. Him who's the word of God. For we do not have our priest who is unable to understand, sympathize, relate, and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities you say oh this pandemic and I'm just going through this and oh my body I don't know past I just been in my job situation working from home and these kids and a oh, lot if I don't hurry up and they don't open back up and and oh my god I don't know if that they gonna call me back or not I mean oh I, I, it doesn't matter what you're feeling he can he have a shared feeling with our weaknesses infirmities and liabilities to the assaults of temptation, trials, and tests. Remember, don't forget what we said. There is no trial or test taking you such as common to man. So not only is this common, Jesus already gone through it. But one who has been tempted in every respect like we are. Oh, he can relate. Yet, without sinning, he didn't give in to that pressure. You don't have to give in to that pressure either. So, let us fearlessly then... And I want to show you the mistranslation right here. You'll catch it. Who did he say? Seeing we have a great high priest of our confession. That's Jesus. He's high priest of our faith in him. Now, of course, it's going to work for sin, but let me show you this mistranslation. Let us fearlessly and confident and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, that throne of God's grace, his unmerited favor to us sinners. Wait a minute. Hold it now. Yeah, a sinner can go there to be saved. But we ain't talking about a sinner going to be saved. We're talking about a high priest and our faith of, as our healer, as our deliverer. We're talking about a believer, so that's a mistranslation. But thank God sinners can approach for salvation. That's how they get saved. And, they, and again, we are saved by grace. But that grace is, is an anointing. That grace has got to be strength. Because notice what he said, forget about us sinners. Uh, we are believers, praise God, that we may receive mercy for our failures, find grace for help. In good time for every need. What, what do you need at home? What, what does this pandemic cause you? What, 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 what are you going through right now? Your marriage, home, fight. What do you need? What do you need? He said for every need. Appropriate help, well-timed help coming just when you need it. 
So, hey, when you feel that you're being pressed out of measure and you're to your breaking point, praise God, don't, 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 don't run to the phone, run to the throne. The throne of grace, lay that thing before God, go before your high priest and watch him strengthen you. And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And you come out of your prayer closet, praise God, and you'll run and be not weary, walk and not faint. But the enemy would love for you to quit and give up. So what, 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 what we're saying here, we're saying then Jesus, look at this statement, can relate then to every temptation, pressure. You feeling pressure now? Pressure because the bank account low. Pressure because the kids' education. Pressure because of bills. Pressure because of car pay. Then, then hold it. It ain't nothing that Jesus hadn't already gone through. He can relate to every temptation, pressure that you and I Feel or have experienced, praise God. We just read that. We got a high praise. So God's grace is sufficient. The answer is when you feel that pressure, run and say, Father, I thank you for your grace. So we know grace is not just unmerited favor. Grace is an anointing. Remember, we taught on grace some weeks ago. Grace is an anointing. It's God's ability coming on your ability, giving you ability beyond your own ability. And I know I said ability a whole lot of time, but that's what it is. Hallelujah. When your human strength is exacerbated, then grace, God's supernatural strength, kick in. Paul fell overwhelmed. Stonings, shipwreck, beatings, left for dead. The Bible says a night in the deep. He was constantly going through all these problems. This message of Satan buffeted him to the point that he went before the Lord and said, let this thing depart from me. Three times. And the third time God said, my grace is sufficient. Watch this. And my strength. So grace is strength. Right. Is made perfect in your weakness. So Jesus can relate to every temptation, pressure that you and I feel and experience. So I want you to know whatever you're going through in your home, whatever this worldwide epidemic is causing your family, finances, job situation, then, hey, go to Jesus, praise God, and receive the grace of God. God's grace is sufficient. Not insufficient. Insufficient mean that there wasn't enough money to cover the check. Sufficient mean God says you got what it takes. You can go through this and this too will pass because it's only common and ordinary to man. And with it, I've already made the way for you to come out of it. Why? God is faithful. Praise God. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. Back up to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Look at verse 1. That was Hebrews 4. You should be there now. Hebrews 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest. There he is again. The high priest of what? Our pro or confession. Christ Jesus. What do you want me to consider about him? Verse 2. Who was faithful? He's a faithful high priest. He's a faithful high priest. To him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. Now drop down to verse 5 and 6. Now Moses was verily faithful in all of his house as a servant. For a testimony of those things that were to be spoken after. But Christ, here it is, get this, as a son over his own house, whose house are we? Whose house are we? Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? 
You got to remember in the Old Testament in Moses' day, the sanctuary, praise God, was considered the house of the Lord, the holies of holies. That's where God dwelt. But praise God, after, after Jesus' resurrection, hallelujah, and, and went to the cross, the veil of the temple was written in two. God moved out of a man-made holies of holies, and on the day of Pentecost, he went in the mobile human being temples. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? So he's faithful over his own house, whose house are we? So if words mean anything, God is faithful over me. Faithful over what me? When I speak his word, when I declare my needs are met according to his riches and glory, when I declare no evil shall befall me and no plague will come now where I dwell, a thousand shall fall with the virus at thy right hand, 10,000 at thy left, but it shall not come near me. Praise God, great is he that is in me than he that is in the world. With every trial and test, God is faithful to make the way of escape. So he said, hold fast to confession of my faith, seeing we got a great happy, the apostle of my confession. He's faithful over me when I confess his word over my children. Hallelujah. I don't care how they're acting. They may be on drugs, alcohol. But Acts 16, 31 says, God has saved me and my house. So I declare, hallelujah, that I have a household salvation. And Satan, I bind you. Take your hands off my son, my daughter. Loose them and let them go. As I speak the word of God, the apostle, that means the sent one, he's faithful over the words of my mouth because that is my confession of faith in him. And I'm the house of God. He's faithful. Hallelujah. The Bible says, Christ, a son of his own house. Whose house are we? Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. It's not just good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be the house of the Lord. He right in here. Amen. He's just his way. And when I speak the word of God, he watches over the word to perform it. He's faithful. Hallelujah. If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of our hope firm unto the end. Now I want you to just look at verse 34. I mean, excuse me, at <laughs> 34. Verse 5 and verse 6 from the Amplified. Because it's something here I want you to really understand. Because we, we know that there are needs and people are, some have been out of work, some have lost job, unemployment, sickness and disease, death. But we, we know God is faithful. We know that I don't care what's happening with it, I know God has made a way out. So I'm not going to feel trapped. That's, that's what I don't want you to uh, let allow to come in your mind, that you are trapped. There's no way out. Because we said with it, God makes the way for you to come out. And here, you got to understand Moses' administration versus Jesus' New Testament administration. Verse 5, the Amplified says, And Moses was certainly was faithful in his administration over all God's house, but it was only as a ministry servant. His entire ministry, he was but a testimony to those things which will after be spoken, the revelation that would be given toward Christ. In other words, he was a type and shadow of Christ. Now, what you mean Moses was a faithful administrator? Well, in the Old Testament, Moses was a type and shadow of Christ. Jesus wasn't here. Hallelujah. So if the people got hungry, they went to Moses. And Moses would administrate. He would go before God. He was the mediator. And he would pray before God. And God would send fresh manna from heaven. If the people got thirsty, they went to Moses. 
Moses, we're thirsty. What are we going to drink? How are we going to do it? And then he would administrate what? He would strike or he would, he would strike the rock and water would come out. If they got hungry, they would go to Moses and there would be fresh quails that would come up and he would administrate. Notice he's administrating whatever they need. Why? He's being faithful over his house in the Old Testament. If they got in trouble and, and they cried out for deliverance, praise God, and it was the Red Sea was behind them, the, the, the Pharaoh army was behind them, Red Sea before Moses was stretched forth the rod and administrate a way out deliverance. He was a type and shadow of Jesus. Jesus wasn't here yet. And he was faithful, praise God. Okay? But that's Moses. Hallelujah. He was faithful. But look what it says about Jesus in the Amplified. Verse 6. But Christ, the Messiah, was a faithful over his own, his own father's house. Hallelujah. You and I, we're the house of God now. God dwells in us as a son and master of it. For we are now members of this house. We are the house of God. If we hold fast and firm, hallelujah, our joyful and exalted confidence and sense of triumph of our hope in Christ. Now, notice what he said. So, under the New Testament, Jesus is our administrator. We're the house of God. We're his people. And when we speak the word of God, he's faithful. The same way that people cried out to Moses, and Moses was faithful Hallelujah, now my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, not by Moses, but by Christ Jesus. What you mean supply? The word supply means administrate. He's the one that get me the healing. He's the one that see that the money come. He's the one that see when I speak his word, my children have the blood of Jesus pleaded, uh, ple uh, pleaded over their life. No, he's the administrator of protection. He's the administrator, whatever we need. And he's a faithful administrator over his own house. So whatever we need is going to come through Christ Jesus. He will administrate to you your rent. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe I received $700 for rent. I believe I received healing for my body. How? By your stripes you were healed. He administrates the healing. He's the one that sees that it come to you, praise God. He's the administrator. It's almost like if you were in school. Everybody know if you have a supply administrator. And you need a projector to show a film in the class. And you go down to the administration room and you go, uh, we need a film projector because we want to. And, and the administrator provides. Jesus is our New Testament administrator. And whatever you need, he said, call upon me and I'll show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Fear not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Hallelujah. Pray. He's a faithful administrator too. Faithful over his house. Hallelujah. Now, if you don't get the revelation of faithfulness, you're going to struggle with your faith. He's faithful to his word to keep it. If he said it, he'll do it. If he has spoken, he'll bring it to pass. And so anytime you believe the word of God, if you really believe it, we will believe there and into rest. There should be a rest. And if you're not resting in your mind, if you, yeah, I know he's faithful, but I know where well, that but, that's why you're going to lose your sleep tonight because of that but. Because we was believe. If you believe he's faithful, that means the way it's made. So start trusting God that he's administrating it to you and have faith 
uh, which is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things you can't see yet, that the money is on the way. Praise God. Good things are happening even when I can't see it. Praise God. Things are working. Praise God. For my good. God is turning my finances around, turning my job around. Why? The ministrators at work. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's a faithful high priest over you and I. Amen. Praise God. So I want you to look at these, uh, this other uh, statement. Jesus then is a faithful high priest over our confession of faith in his word. He's a faithful high priest then over our confession of faith in his word. That's what we should be doing at home now, speaking the word of God. Go to the promise, find out what your faithful high priest has said about it, speak the word, and watch the administrator supply. Watch him supply all of your needs. See, the administrator has whatever you need. All of your needs. Well, I need healing for my son. Well, I need a job. Well, I need clothes for my kid. Well, he's that administrator, just like Moses was the administrator. But Jesus is a New Testament, and he's faithful over our house, which we are. We're the house of God. He's faithful over our confession of his word when we speak it. Now, look at Hebrews uh, 10.21 and then Hebrews 10.23. Now, watch how these two scriptures pick up one another. Hebrews 10, 21. So having a high priest, if you please, an administrator over the house of God. Who, 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 who's the house of God? Who's I am. Okay. I got a high priest. And this high priest has been tempted in every point like I am. So he know everything. So since I know that, I can go to him and I can put my need before him. And he will supply it. He will administrate. Now look at verse 23 in the... King in the uh, Amplified. So let us seize and hold fast, since we got a high priest, and retain without wavering the hope that we cherish and confess our acknowledgement of it. For he who has promised is reliable, sure, and there it is, faithful to his word. Faithful to, if he said, He's faithful to his word. He's going to bring it to pass. He's a faithful administrator. He's a faithful high priest. Praise God. So I ain't got to toss and turn all night. That's why if you, don't, if you don't believe in the faithfulness of God, then you're not going to rest. He's faithful. Well, how ain't going to do it? That ain't none of your business. Lean not toward your own understanding, but trust in the Lord. He's faithful. Are you caught? Let me, I'm going to show you what you're doing when you don't rest. And he said he's a faithful high priest. I'm teaching on the faithfulness of God. You're calling God a liar. Oh, no, no, no. I ain't saying what they didn't rest. If he's, either he's faithful or unfaithful. Ain't no in between. Either he's faithful to meet your need or he's unfaithful. You can't depend on him. You got to make up your mind. See, a double-minded man taught on that not too long ago. Can't receive nothing. And while you can't relax and while you're sitting letting the television and all the bad news upset you because you don't believe God is faithful to save your child. You don't believe God is faithful to get you the money. You don't believe God is faithful to save your business. So you got to settle that. Hallelujah. That's why I'm teaching on the faith. He's faithful to his word. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So hold fast the confession of faith. Maybe this scripture right here will help you settle it. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. Maybe this will help you. Because here's, here, this is what I want you to know. God is not a lie. He's faithful to his word. If he's spoken, he's going he's to do it. If he said it, he's going to bring it to pass. Now, I heard people used to say this, and this was popular in the 70s after when I got saved. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. No, God said it, that sells it. 
whether you believe it or not. <laughs> God said it. It's now it's to your benefit to believe it. You could listen, listen what that word benefit. You will be a beneficiary of healing if you believe it. You will be a beneficiary of household salvation if you believe what he said about your kid. But it is already settled. The Bible says forever, oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You don't settle the word of God. God swore by himself, hallelujah, that before he would break his word, he would destroy himself. He said, because I can swear by no great, I swore by myself. Made a covenant, walked in blood, and swore to you and I. And yet you still staggering at the promises of God. See, you got to settle the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. And, and, and so it is settled. Now, I want you to look at that scripture. This is going to help you. I'm glad I said that right before this. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. If we believe not, we believe not what? That by strikes and healed that he's going to bring me out of this pandemic. Well, what if you don't believe the word of God? Well, yeah. That's you. He, God, abided faithful. He cannot deny himself. So it's to your benefit to believe what God said. Now, only the Amplified begins to show you the revelation of what God is saying here. If we are faithless and do not believe and untrue to him, we don't believe, well, I don't believe in all that healing stuff. I don't believe that God can heal the virus. I don't believe God can get me a new job. I don't believe God can give me increase. I don't believe. Well, okay, then. He's time follow the believer. He said, if we don't believe and untrue to him, he remains true, faithful to his word. Whether you believe it or not, it's already settled. God cannot lie. He remains faithful to his word and his righteous character. He cannot deny himself. Yeah, I said it, I don't do it, praise God. I spoke it, I don't bring it. I'm not going to deny what I said. I keep my covenant. I don't break it. Now, whether you believe it or not, praise God. I make a way out of no way. You might can't see the way, praise God, but I made a way for the children of Israel through the wilderness, praise God. I made a way, praise God, for, for, for Daniel when he was in the lion den. I made a way for Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego to come out. Now, if you don't believe I can bring you out, that's you. But guess what? I'm going to remain the same and faithful to my word. Whoever believe it will benefit from well, the word of God. So let's take a benefit. You, why, why you? I mean, <laughs> what? You, someone said, well, you had to lose everything. Everything God says. You got to settle about the faithfulness of God. That's the problem. And the reason a lot of people have, have struggled with the faithfulness of God because they're unfaithful to themselves. They lie all the time. It's hard to believe in a God who never lied when you lie all the time. Dummy twenty dollars, I pay you back Friday. Then when Friday comes, you got amnesia. Oh, what, 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 what? Yeah, huh? Promise your little kid you were gonna take him to the park and play with him and got home for work. Daddy tired. Well, you there you go lying. And if you do that long enough, you don't keep your word. And we live in a faithless generation where people lie all the time. A lie society. I ain't going to get online, but we need leadership that we can trust. And you can make excuses all you want, but when it's on video, you say one thing, then you kind of spin it some other way. That affects the whole nation. Because in time of crisis, how can I trust you 
when you lied about all the little things. Are you listening to me? You're not faithful. And it's hard to have confidence in someone that is unfaithful to their word. But God, put that back up again. I want you to look at that again in, in the, in the uh, Amplified. If you're faithless, just call you lie. You don't believe it. Do not believe. You don't believe. It's untrue. To him, he remains faithful to his word and his righteous character. He's not going to deny himself. Glory be to God. So it, it behooves you to believe what God said and watch him manifest himself because he's going to keep his word. Praise God. So then the faithfulness of God, this is a statement I want to make. God's faithfulness then is the cornerstone of his character. Think about that. That's why we trust him. That's the con- I mean, why, why can I go to bed at night not worried about, you know, car payment, house payment? How can I sleep? I, I mean, if I, that would be hard to do if God was a liar. If he was wishy-washy, he may, he may not. But because he's faithful, I can bank it. I can rest at night. I don't have to worry about the mugger, the robber, the rapist. Why? I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, therefore I bow in the shadow Almighty. God is faithful to that. Well, if I believe that, I can rest at night. Hallelujah. If I believe that, then the pandemic and shortages and layoffs and all that is not causing me to be stressed out. Why, God is faithful. He was faithful before the trial came, before the pandemic ever hit. God was faithful. He's going to remain faithful. But that's the cornerstone of his curse. That's why we trust him. That's why we can sleep at night. That's why I can rest well. Because I know, it, 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 I didn't say it, he said it, and he's faithful. And anyone that's faithful, you can rest, praise God, knowing that it's done. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. That's why we trust. Look at Psalms 89, verse 33 and 34. Glory be to God. Nevertheless, he said, my loving kindness will I not break off from him. Even when we're unfaithful, that's what's so beautiful about God. Even when we don't believe, that don't mean he get mad at us. He still loves us. We're his children. He says, my faithful, he says, my loving kindness will I not break off him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail or to lie or be false to him. Either God is a liar or he's not. Well, he's truth, the way and the lie. So you got to settle that. That's why you're struggling. That's why you're worried. That's why you're shaking because you haven't settled the fact that God is faithful, praise God. He said, I will not suffer my faithfulness to lie. My covenant, that's his word. My, that, oh, this is it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. God is a covenant-making God. Everything he said, he swore in blood. My covenant I'll not break or profane, nor alter the thing that's gone out of my mouth or my lips, the word of God. With every trial and test, he's faithful to make the way of escape. And until you settle that, you're going to struggle with your faith. You're going to toss and turn at night. You're going to deal with all types of stomach ulcers and this, word over stuff, stress, anxiety. Why? You're doubting the faithfulness of God. And once you settle that, that it's a covenant, God said it ain't no pressure on me. All I know with the trial and test, he's faithful to make a way of escaping. So I don't even know, how to know, the, know what the way is. I'm just going to start praising him and trust that he'll reveal to me what the way is. Over the years, when we needed things in the ministry, Sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
I didn't go before the congregation. I just had to trust God's faithfulness. I didn't know how, but I know he would. When we needed all types of different transitional things over the years and television, didn't know anything about it, hallelujah, and all the equipment, and, and God was faithful to bring us the people. God has been faithful to lead and guide me and teach me, hallelujah, all the ins and outs of time. I didn't know where how he was going to do it, but God was faithful. He brought people that was anointed, trained them to help do television, trained them to, for the youth department, trained them for, for, for the family life center. I'm just doing what God, you have to trust the faithfulness of God, and he, he, he has never lied. He's never failed me and will not fail me. So God's faithfulness then is the cornerstone of his character. Now look at Romans chapter 3. I'm, I'm about done. But the faithfulness of God is such a powerful thing, man. Whew. That's why people struggle with their own faith. You need to develop integrity. Quit lying so much yourself and start being faithful to your word. And then you'll begin to find it easy to trust in a God that is faithful to his word. But when you lie all the time, it's hard to have faith in anybody, much less a God who never lies. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you need to in develop integrity. Don't say it unless you mean it. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at Romans chapter 3. Look at verse 3 and 4. Hmm. Here we go again about people. I don't believe in that healing. I don't believe in that prophecy. I don't believe God can, can bring us out. I don't believe that, that I'm going to uh, get my job. I don't believe God can stop my house from foreclosure. I don't believe God can save my boy, my son. He just on them drug them out. Okay, well, there you go again. I just talked about the faithfulness of God. So you got to settle that. Verse 3 says, for what is something I believe? Believe what, what God said. Share their unbelief. Just because you don't believe the word of God? Shall it make the faith of God without effect? No, God forbid. God said no. Let God be true. I don't believe in that healing. Well, you will when you need a miracle. When they tell you you got the Bible and you're dying, you'll stop believing in healing. I heard people talk about what they don't believe in until something hit their body. Oh, Lord, heal me. You'll be surprised how much faith an atheist has when he's dying. So what is something to not believe? Shall their unfaithfulness, a lack of faith, make the word of God not in faith? No, God forbid. Let God be true, but let, uh, as it is written, every man be a lie. He said, let God be true, but every man a lie, as it is written, that thou mayest be justified in thy sin. Keep saying what God said, regardless of what people said. I said for years we would build debt-free buildings. People looked at me like I was crazy, but I just kept saying what God said. I owe no man nothing but to love him. I'm the lender, not the borrower. And it took some time for that to come to pass, but I, so a lot of people didn't believe it. There were members who said, oh, I don't believe it all that. Some came, some left. Guess what? I kept saying what God said. I'm still going to keep saying what God said. Why? That thou mayest be justified when thou art judged or overcome when you are judged. God will vindicate you if you say what he said because you wasn't the first one that said it. He said it first and he cannot lie. He's faithful to his word and to his character. Now look at this from the Amplified. Glory be to God. 
Well, then some do not believe. I don't believe you can build a building debt free. I don't believe God can save my son. He just too bad. I don't believe God can heal coronavirus. I don't believe. Well, what if some do not believe? And, 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 and we're without faith. Does their lack of faith and their faithlessness nullify and make ineffective and void the faithfulness of God? We're talking about the faithfulness of God. Not what you don't believe. The faithfulness of God and his word, his, his fidelity to his word. Shall, shall that might, uh, huh? I mean, what, 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 what does some do not believe? Wait a minute, go back for a minute. I want to I finish that up. He says, what if some do not believe? Shall they, shall they, they are ineffective and void the faithfulness of God and their fidel, uh, and, and to God the fidelity of his word? Shall it, then he answer the question. Now, four. He said, by no means. Let God be found true. Though every human being is false, is being, is a false and a liar. I didn't say it, God said it, as it is written. That you may be justified and show to be upright in what you say. Because I'm saying what God said about my healing. I'm saying what God says about my finances. I'm saying what God says about my children. Whether you believe it or not. I'm not going to change. God is faithful. But I don't believe. Well, that's okay. Why? I'm going to prevail when you're judged by sinful men. In other words, if I say what God said, God is going to vindicate me. You remember the woman with the issue of blood over there in Mark, the fifth chapter? One thing we need to realize about it, the Bible says that it talks about that she got in the press. All the doctors have given up 12 years, gotten worse, lost all her money. But she got in the press and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. The Bible says, for she said in herself. It's not what other people are saying about you. It's what you are saying in yourself. The voice of faith that's in your head. She said within herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Well, the doctors have others given up on her because they, she was broke and she was dying. But it wasn't what they said. She kept saying what God said. Now, it says, for she said with himself, but the Amplifier says, for she kept saying. She was saying that, I don't know how many years. She might have been saying that for, for 11 of those 12 years. She might have been saying it all 12 years. And it finally came to pass, she was justified. See, you got to hold fast the confession of your faith, for he is a faithful high priest over our confession of faith in him, praise God. So, keep saying what God said about you, and you will be vindicated. My God, my God. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm glad over the years I kept saying that we had a debt-free sinner. Because when I start saying, hallelujah, I was in the YMCA. <laughs> and I, we didn't have nothing. I had a little a, a box about the side of one of the amps that I preached out of in a microphone. And some chairs out there. And I was saying we was a worldwide ministry. And we were going to build buildings. And people looked at me like I was crazy. But I just kept saying what God said. Hallelujah. Praise God. It looked crazy. People call you a fool. They'll say, oh, it's just all in this head. No, but you write your vision. And you make it plain. Don't it tire you. Wait on it. See, the vision was for an appointed time. I was being like God. Calling non-existent things like they already existed. I was acting like God. How, and I'm going to keep saying anything in this word. If God says I'm healed, I'm healed. If God says, praise God, I'm the lender, not the bar. I'm the lender. I don't care who I owe. 
If God says praise God, no evil shall befall me, no plague will come. Ain't no plague coming now. The blood of Jesus covered my life. I'm going to say what God said about my kid. I, you keep saying what God said about you and you will be vindicated. God will watch over his word to perform it. Hebrews, I mean, uh, Jeremiah 1, 12. Hallelujah. But so many people start saying what God said. But then when a lot of people start saying something else, well, they didn't believe me. My cousin, my aunt said, well, don't you just keep saying what God said, that you're going to live and not die. Hallelujah. The Bible said there was a man that had leprosy, dying on the side of Jericho Road. And he started crying out here, Jesus was coming. He started saying, crying out, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. And the Bible said, the people said, shut up. You don't shut. But he got the louder. He kept saying what God, thou son of David, have mercy. Don't let unbelievers, don't let distractors, praise God, call you to keep speaking what God done said about you. The Bible says, Jesus stood still and said, what is it that you want? My God, now he's blind. He's telling them that I might see how he received this sight because he kept saying what God said regardless of his critics. You're too loud. It don't take all that. And over the years, praise God, everything God has promised me because he's a faithful high priest, I just got in agreement with him and said what he said, and we have seen manifestation. Amen. Now, I want to touch on something I think we need to touch on before I close, and that is 1 John 1 and 9. This is so very important. We're talking about the faithfulness of God because so many people struggle with forgiveness. And many times it's not so much that, you know, the accuser of the brother and Satan brings up their past and mistakes and past sins and tell them God don't love them. And, and a lot of people allow the accuser of the brother to bring condemnation and guilt into their life. And, and so you need to understand what God says. He's faithful. He's a faithful high priest. And part of his high priestly ministry is to administer forgiveness when we acknowledge our sin. That's what 1 John 1 and 9 says. If, and this is the King James, if we confess our sin, he is unfaithful. He's not faithful. He is faithful. See, I don't know another way to put this. Either, either, either you believe God is faithful, you'll call him a lie. <laughs> I mean, if, if you ask me, Pastor X, will you give me $500? Meet me up at uh, 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 SunTrust Friday, and I say, yeah, I will. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you at 3 on Friday. With and, 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 and you go around, and, and you start telling him, Pastor X ain't going to show. Pastor X, he, he just said that. Well, Either I'm faithful or I'm a liar. There's no in-between. God is faithful and just. See, you're saying he's unjust. Wow, that's, that's bold. To do what? Forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice it didn't say he will forgive you when you feel forgiven. When you felt better about it. A lot of time we punish ourselves. It's been something we missed three, four days, even weeks ago, even months. And we still carrying it around. Trying to beat ourselves. I, I've learned it's not so much God forgiving us as it is people forgiving themselves. They allow the accuser of the brother to bring guilt and condemnation. Condemnation is always from two sources. It's either from the devil or self-induced. Satan is called the accuser of the brother. 
Romans 8, 2 said there's now. Verse 1 says there's now no condemnation of those that's in Christ. So where is it coming? It's you beating yourself up. Over something that happened that the blood of Jesus has have Not only is he faithful and just to forgive us. It ain't up there, but I'm going to tell you what. Read it later on. It's, the Bible says in, in Hebrews 8, 12, he not only forgive you. He said, I'll be merciful to their righteousness and their sins and iniquity. He will remember them no more. So not only did God forget, he forgets there's no more record. So you beating yourself up over something that don't even exist. And faith working by love. So how your faith going to work when you believe God don't love you enough to forgive you? He's a faithful to forgive you. So I've learned you receive your forgiveness by faith. It don't matter what I feel in my mind and my body. Praise God, I'm forgiven and there's no more record. I'm going to raise my hand and praise God. I'm going to sing on the choir. I'm going to dance and shout like sin never existed. Praise God. Why? He's faithful and just. I'm not going to call God unfaithful and unjust. I'm not forgiven because I feel like it. I'm forgiven because he said he was. he's faithful. Statement. Forgiveness then is received. By faith and not feelings. God is faithful and just, he said to be. So it's received by faith. By faith. What is faith? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things I can't feel, but I don't feel. I see you waiting on the feeling. Hallelujah. Your feelings can change and get in line with the word. Two days, two weeks later, I'm going to praise God because I, God is faithful. If you trust in the faithfulness of God, it don't matter what you feel. It don't matter what the devil say. I'm forgiven, praise God. So I'm going to walk, hallelujah, and there's no more record of my sin. My sins and iniquities, he remembered them no more. People need to quit beating themselves up. And I don't know who I'm talking to, someone at home. Maybe you've let slipped on some things. Just go before God. Amen. You don't have to go before no priest. You don't have to go before nobody else. Even a preacher. You go before God and just say, God, I confess this thing. I missed it. Just call it what it is. But I thank you that you're faithful and just. You're a faithful high priest. You're faithful to do what? Forgive me and I believe and say it out your mouth. I believe I receive my forgiveness and I thank you. My sins and iniquities, you remember them no more. And since you forgot the Lord I forget it as a right now and I devil bug off I resist you because he's the one trying to bring that condemnation and guilt and you move on in faith because it's hard to trust God and receive from God when you believe God is the one holding something against you and here's one of my favorite scriptures Lamentations 3 verse 22 and 23 that I want to close with and leave this with you hallelujah You're talking about the faithfulness of God mm 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 it is of the Lord's mercy. Just think about all the dumb stuff we've done. Think about all the crazy situations over the years we put ourselves in. But thank God, God is merciful. Hallelujah. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. If the devil had his way, you and I would have both been gone. Because why? His compassions, his love for us, his intent, it fails not. He loves you when you're right. He loves you when you're wrong. He loves you when you're good. He loves you when you're bad. God is love. And his love does not fail. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved you as a sinner. So if he loved you and you was out there getting high, getting drunk, or whatever you were doing, or not doing, how much more does he love you now? Quit listening to the lies of the enemy. 
His compassion fell not. Why? They are new every morning. God does not bring your yesterday into your today. Hallelujah. Great is thy faithfulness and great is thy faith. His mercies are new and he's great is your faith. He's faithful every day to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful every day to remember our sins and iniquities. No more, praise God. So quit beating yourself up. Receive your forgiveness. Hallelujah. Get back over in faith because of until you understand God loved you, your faith is not going to work because Galatians 5, 6 says faith works by love. God is faithful. You are forgiven. Hallelujah. And when you sin, remember, or if you sin, don't run from God. Run to him. Go boldly to the throne of grace and get mercy for our failures and grace to help in the time of need. So I want to just say this to you. I don't care what you experience in your home. Marriage, finances, children. There's no temptation. We just read it. It says it's only common to man. I know you feel like you can't take it. No, 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 no. Jesus was tempted in every point. He's been pushed to the break in it. And yet he didn't know he did not give in to it. And you don't have to give in. With that temptation, God has made the way. And I want you to start praising God. Matter of fact, if you don't know all the scriptures, stand on Amen, First Corinthians 10, 13. Just say God has made the way. That's your scripture. Yeah, well, well, how are you going to get your job? Where the money going to come? No, I, 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 Lord, I thank you. You made the way. Hallelujah. For I praise you the way it's made. His name is you. Just start doing that and start giving God praise and watch manifestation come. So I want to encourage you, praise God, to get these CDs. And like I said, get the, get the DVDs, go with faith, come back here and hear them by the word of God. Remember, praise God, that uh, every Sunday morning we are not only streaming at 11 uh, a.m., but also the regular TV broadcast, CW20, Triad. If you're in the Triad area, High Point, Greensboro, Winston, and most of North Carolina, at 10, from 9 to 10, uh, satellite or dish network, channel 20. Just turn it on, praise God. Or if you have um, Spectrum, or if you have Plex TV, channel 3, channel 3 or 20 from 9 to 10. Tune in from 9 to 10. Get that hour of the word, and then meet us again. An hour in between at 11 a.m. as we stream these messages. Just want to say on behalf of me and Joyce, we love you. We appreciate you. Remember, we're praying for you. Uh, if there's any questions, prayer requests, then call the church office. We're still functioning as a church. Hours are still the same Monday through Friday from 7.30 to 3.30 p.m. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, just call the office and and any needs, praise God, we're here to minister to you. We love you and we appreciate you, praise God. Remember, it's called social, uh, not social distancing, but physical distancing. Keep calling one another, members, check on one another. Keep the church strong until we come back again together, praise God. You be blessed. And I want you to know that the way of escape has already been made. His name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So don't let the enemy feel like that you are trapped, praise God. But start praising God. That God is a faithful high priest and it has already been made. So, from me and Joyce, we love, we pray for you. We'll see you Sunday. Until next time, God bless you.